To Broadway Radio's This Week on Broadway for Sunday, September 10th, 2023. My name is James Marino, and in the broadcast today we have Peter Felicia and Michael Portantier. Peter is a playwright, journalist, and historian with a number of books. His new book, Brain Teasers for Broadway Geniuses, is now available wherever finer books are sold. Peter has columns at Masterworks Broadway, Broadway Select, and many other places. Hello, Peter. Hi. Peter, I'm seeing, uh, you know, you, you have autographed a handful of these uh, brain teasers for Broadway geniuses. Uh, are you going to have any, uh, an, any, any events? Well, we're talking to the Drama Bookshop, actually, about doing an event involving a night of trivia, where um, mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to bring me in and a few other people and see uh, who can stump whom. How dare um, they? <laughs> no, this came up the other night because um, <laughs> I did an uh, event uh, with Douglas Cohen, who wrote oh, yeah. a phenomenal mm-hmm. book about his experiences with No Way to Treat a Lady. I recommend it highly. It is called How to Survive a Killer Musical. And I am telling <laughs> you, anybody who wants to go into the business must read this book. Not that it's necessarily going to discourage them, and I don't want it to discourage them, but what I do want to have happen is that they read this book so they understand that there are pitfalls pitfalls all along the way. And therefore, when you reach those pitfalls, you'll say to yourself, ah, here are the pitfalls. Okay, let's keep going. Because <laughs> that's what Doug does and did. <laughs> so let me see what this is here. Uh, it's got a subtitle to it. Here, How to Survive a Killer Musical, Agony and Ecstasy on the Road to Broadway. Mm-hmm. That that surmises it. Well, you know, I, I don't know, Douglas. Maybe uh, you can ask him if you'd like to come on and talk a little bit about his book. Oh, all right. Fine. Fine. I would love oh, that. Okay. That'd good. be great. Also with us is Michael Portantier. Michael is a theater reviewer and essayist. He's the founder and editor of CastAlbumReviews.com. He is also a theatrical photographer whose photos have appeared in the New York Times and other major publications. You can see his photography work at FollowSpotPhoto.com. Hello, Michael. Hello. Hello. So, uh, a little bit of housekeeping for Broadway Radio. We've had uh, quite a week here in the, uh, in the feed. So, aside from last Sunday's uh, This Week on Broadway, where we talked to Arnie Burton, right after us, Matt Tamanini swooped in <laughs> and talked uh, to the creators of Dracula, uh, and Dracula, a comedy, a comedy of terrors. Uh, and he spoke to Gordon Greenberg and Steve Rosen, who wrote the, uh, wrote and directed, uh, this, um, this new musical that we talked about last week. And then aside from, aside from, is the it typical, a musical? Yeah. I didn't know that either. I mean, I, um, I don't think so. No, it's not a musical. It's a play, yeah. but it's yeah. a, but they, we were 
talking about the uh, uh, other incidental music and underscoring. That's what threw me. Oh, okay. So, uh, so also today on Broadway, uh, five days a week, as as always. Um, and then uh, Lauren Clash Schneider had Brian Bad on uh, to talk about Pay the Writer. And um, Jan Simpson's All the Drama with Allison's House got released to the public. And then Matt talked to John or John O'Hurley again, because John's been on on uh, Broadway Radio a number of times. Uh, and so, uh, you know, get over to the feed and listen to the other things that we have going on as well. So, Peter, you got back. Uh, I was very sorry to hear that you relapsed. Uh, oh oh you didn't relapse you you went to go see a show that was called relapse down at theater row it's funny because i don't think it's the right um name for this musical um there's a lot of good stuff in this musical but the title doesn't really strike me as the right thing because here we are we're um we're in a facility where um people have been uh brought I don't want to say incarcerated, but brought um, to get their lives back in order. And um, one is about to leave, which uh, he's Brian, and that's causing a lot of um, anguish with the other people um, because, after all, they're jealous and they're um, they wind up threatening him a great deal, uh, saying it's going to not work out. Are you ready? All that kind of stuff. And it's they're really, really being. Um, mean to him under the circumstances also showing up is adam who's just come in and um he's not going to be very happy about being there either but um the people who have been there for a while also include kendra and melinda and uh certainly they have their issues too um certainly uh kendra is the one who has um a great deal to say and um melinda has far less to say but uh but anyway, so the set is simply a group of chairs where um, there they are with um, a, uh, a doctor and uh, a nurse. And it's uh, 95 minutes long and it is a musical. And I will say that I think the uh, book and lyrics are rather good. Um, the music struck me as familiar, but this guy, um, Louis Josephson, knows how to write a showstopper. And there are several of them in the show. And um, he did get his requisite woos at the end of certain numbers and earned them, frankly. Um, but the melodies didn't strike me as particularly original. I didn't feel that he had um, a unique voice. But J, uh, that's J period, Giacchetti, G-I-A-C-H-E-T-T-I, did a very good work on the book and the lyrics, um, especially because the, the craft in the lyrics is quite good most of the time. Um, I will say that it seems that things wrap up rather quickly, and uh, these people seem to have uh, more hope. Um, and I do think that uh, the show needs to be expanded, um, not necessarily into two acts, but uh, we need a little bit more before we really get the impression that these people are going to be all right. Suddenly, um, out of the blue, they seem to be all right. And speaking of out of the blue, um, we also have the intrusive now, what's the intrusive? These are four people who represent the inner thoughts of the people who are um, we're dealing with, uh, with Adam, Brian, Kendra, and Melinda. So they, they have inner thoughts. And so there's sort of like a Greek chorusy type thing where we hear them uh, talk. Some of them are um, rather pungent, some are meaner than others, uh, some delight in um, all the bad things. 
I, I don't I don't think these people are necessary, frankly, at all. I think it would be far more interesting to have the people themselves, Adam, Brian, Kendra, and Melinda, suddenly um maybe a light spotlights on them and they we hear those inner thoughts. Um the idea of um also hiring four actors who are fine in what they do, I'm not quarreling with that, seems to me a barrier as well. However, let me say that I think all four performers are extraordinary. Jacob Brian Smith as Adam, Randall Scott Carpenter as Brian, Becca Seskauer as uh, Kendra, and Mia Cherise Hall as Melinda. Uh, the doctor, by the way, I'd like to know more about uh, his middle name here because it's Troy Valjean Rucker. Mm-hmm. Was he really born with the name Valjean, or is this, did he play it, or does he want to? Uh, he was in uh, Romeo and Bernadette, Peter. Oh, okay. I don't remember that, but yeah. nevertheless, um, do you know where the middle name came from? No, I, I'm, but obviously I had the same reaction you did. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, a very talented cast, um, and, a beautifully, beautifully cast. And that brings us to a director and choreographer, Joey McNeely, a two-time Tony nominee who's working here on Theater Row and is very nice. He obviously believes in the material and he's done a superb job. Every now and then you might say, well, the choreography is a little frenetic. Yeah, but where are we? You know, so as a result, freneticism, uh, does, uh, seem to fit this show very well. So, um, uh, 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 <laughs> a not unsatisfying evening um, and uh, a lot of good assets here and a few liabilities as well, yes, but nevertheless, um, I was um, impressed with so much of what I saw on stage of Relapse. I think they're going to use that as the pull quote, a not unsatisfying <laughs> evening. I think they won't, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's uh, Relapse <clears throat> at Theater Row. It's uh, playing through September 23rd, so you still have uh, two weeks left or so to get down there to see it. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. Michael, Hmm. you know, you have such a reputation for being a nerd. Is that right? (laughs) Well, I mean, he he spends all his time at the New York Public Library. Um, you know? <laughs> so, uh, and, and I think you saw your fellow nerd down there, Peter Felicia, where yeah. mm-hmm. there was, uh, there was, uh, a, a program called Original Cast Recordings, colon, art, comma, artifact and analysis. I, I, I'd like that, uh, comma after artifact and before analysis, but they didn't do that. What, what kind of comma did they call, they call that? Some sort of comma. Serial. Uh, no, it's not a serial <laughs> comma. Yeah. Rob, Rob Johnson, the uh, Oxford comma? What, what, what oh, I mean, the, one uh, of the... I see what you're saying. Yeah, if it's serial, if you... I forget if it, you use it or if you don't use it, but that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, art, artifact, and analysis. Tell us about this uh, program at the New York Public Library. Well, first of all, as to your opening joke, I I should spend more time. I feel like I don't spend enough time at, you know, the library is an amazing resource that um, I think maybe sometimes we take for granted and we should not. Uh, You know, libraries are always uh, struggling, not necessarily struggling, but it's always, you know, funding is not guaranteed. Uh, And so... Really, um, particularly for people who are into the arts, that Lincoln Center Library is absolutely amazing. Mm, yeah. um, so really check check it out. Not only, for, you know, the events, of course, but just the collections 
uh, an unbelievable stuff they have there. And speaking of which, yeah, this um, this event that Peter and I attended uh, featured Doug Reside, who is the curator of the Billy Rose Theater Division at the library. And Lawrence Maslon, who is an arts professor at NYU Tisch, as well as associate chair of their graduate acting program. But you also know him for as an author of um, several important books on theater and musical theater. Um, and uh, this was a really fascinating program that we attended. Also uh, on hand was Ted Chapin, who used to be the mm. head honcho at the Rogers and Hammerstein organization uh and he's always a welcome presence um just a general discussion of um really really interesting uh so they sort of zeroed in on uh technology and the way that uh it has affected the dissemination of uh uh, you know, um, uh, recordings and and videos uh, of shows and 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 also, but also printing. I mean, they even got into printing discussion of printing, um, and there were lots of really fascinating things that were said. One thing I have to um, pat myself on the back because uh, Lawrence Maslin made a point exactly the same uh, point that I had made a couple of weeks ago about how. One of the greatest champions of Broadway music was Tony Bennett. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just yeah. unbelievable, you know, for someone who, as he pointed out, and, and I did, never, <laughs> never did, uh, you know, a musical. Um, uh, except I think I, I unearthed the fact that he did, what was it, um, On the Town, some sort of production of On the Town when he was very, very young and maybe still even in the service. Uh, but for the most part, he was not a musical theater performer, but just hundreds of recordings of uh, of show tunes, including some very some of his biggest hits, Just in Time, uh, comes to mind. Uh, and Stranger in Paradise is another one. Um, so that point was made. Also, the point was made, and this just made me glow, as you can imagine, that um, I think it was phrased as the top recording artist, but certainly, if not the top, then one of the top recording artists of the 1960s was Julie Andrews. Oh, yeah. If only on the basis of the phenomenal sales of the soundtrack recordings of both Mary Poppins and The Sound of Music. Not to mention yeah. all, and not to mention, <laughs> well, not to mention also Camelot, uh, you know, probably the original cast of, of My Fair Lady was still selling in the, uh, very well in the 60s, even though it came out in the 50s, and plus also Cinderella. And, uh, and um, I think that even the album of Thoroughly Modern Millie uh, was a huge seller. So, uh, I mean, uh, you know, it gets a little dicey when you when you because obviously she's not the only person on those recordings and it, they're not solo albums. But I think a case can certainly be made <laughs> that she was absolutely one of the top recording artists of the 1960s. Well, so I um, love that. Uh, <clears throat> and speaking of the 60s, um, <clears throat> a point he made in his phenomenal book, Broadway to Main Street, how shows choose tunes enchanted america um was the fact that yes the beatles the rolling stones the dave clark five all those people dominated the 60s or did they yes but 
The Sound of Music opened on November 16, 1959. The album came out in early 1960 mm-hmm. and indeed um, was on the charts for about three years or so. And then what happened? The movie of The Sound of Music um, was released and the soundtrack was on the charts for the rest of the decade. So, so much of the turbulent 60s. <laughs> People were listening to The Sound of Music, which I thought was really terrific. Um, <laughs> and I, I just love that statistics. Um, it's really great. The other thing that interested me when he talked about vinyl, the resurgence in vinyl, mm. 50% yes. of people who buy vinyl do not own turntables. <laughs> they just want the, the size, the pictures, the gatefold albums, what have you. Ironically enough, this is a, a, a variation um, of the reverse of when CDs came out. My late great friend David Wolf, uh, who was crazy for Little Abner, bought the CD even though he didn't have a CD player yet because he wanted to read the liner notes. So um, you <laughs> certainly get more liner notes um, on, and, and they're easily readable uh, on LPs. So it was so interesting to hear that statistic. I was really fascinated by that. And by the way, in terms of Tony Bennett, let me also point out that he sang two by two. Now you might mm-hmm. say, wow, that's odd. You know, I mean, I can't, I can't really. Why would he be attracted to that bouncy melody that is so specific to nowhere in the arc? No. Way before that, um, Richard Rogers and Stephen Sondheim for Do I Hear a Waltz wrote a song called Two by Two. Um, and, um, it was Leona's, um, proclamation that everybody seems to be two by two and here I am alone. That phrase showed up in a very different song, Here We Are Again. But um, for a while, the, so Tony Bennett didn't even recorded that one. So, um, yeah, he really did do his uh, due diligence. Yep. Wow. So that was uh, over at the New York Public Library. Uh, the original cash recordings, art, artifact, and analysis. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. Uh, Peter, you mm. got to the Green Room 42 to see Josie de Guzman. Back where I started. Did she start at the Green Room 42? No, but she certainly started, um, uh, we know her in New York City from her um, West Side Story sure. revival yeah. of the 80s. And, uh, and uh, even before that with Carmelina, she had a, a, a featured role in that. And uh, and then she was in Ignora for a while. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. then she was in Guys and Dolls for substantially more. Um, ironically, she was fired from Nick and Nora, um, but the reason she got into Guys and Dolls is because the actress playing the role was fired too. So um, it just goes up and down. And why haven't we seen her for a while? <clears throat> well, because for 17 years, she was at the Alley Theater in Houston, um, where she met Greg Lloyd, and, uh, who was the artistic director there, and um, they're a couple. And um, so they've been together for a while. And the thing is, I truly believe I have never seen a more charming performer in a cabaret. Now, of course, I don't go to cabaret that much. You know, I mean, granted, you know, Michael's uh, the one who carries the football here when it comes to cabaret. But um, I have to say that I, uh, the charm just oozed from the stage. Um, and it was so fun to hear her stories and certainly to hear her sing these songs from these shows. Uh, even a bit of the song she sang in Nick and Nora, which she was promised by Charles Strauss and Richard Balpe Jr. would be a showstopper. You'll be the judge if it was. Um, so 
uh, a terrifically entertaining show. And the thing is, um, <laughs> you know, in every cabaret show, uh, I, I think Michael, you're the authority, but I mean, it seems like, you know, when the show ends, they go off stage and then they come back and do an encore. Right. Doesn't this usually happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, she, she came back and did her encore and then she went off. And uh, then she came back on stage uh, simply to talk to the musicians. and uh, But for a while, it looked like she was going to do another encore. And frankly, I was hoping that she would um, because I had such a wonderful time uh, hearing her. But it's the charm, the charm that really um, affected me and uh, delighted me to the nth degree. So um, if, if she does, Michael's going tonight, right, you said? Yes. Yes. Um, so if she if she does it again, um, I I do hope that uh, uh, you get there because and see if you see what I see. I hope you do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it uh, on several levels. I, I wonder if she tells the story. Uh, I have a friend um, who uh, was very cl- close with Josie at one time uh, before she moved away, and um, apparently she used to tell about her firing from Nick and Nora by Arthur Lawrence. And the story was that, I mean, you can imagine what tumult the show was in and, and I guess they realized that there were major problems. So he was really, really at his wits end. And she said that he was crying one moment and laughing the next while, while firing her. (laughs) Um, So that, that always stuck in my head because, uh, you know, I can imagine him being very volatile like that. Yeah, I, I, the stories about the Lawrence Legion. There's no question about that. I still remember when he died. Um, somebody wrote me and said, "Do you think they'll have a parade?" Um, oh, yeah, you know, really. I mean, so um, <laughs> this <laughs> he really. Uh, um, I, I'm I'm reading um, Eddie Shapiro's um, new book of of interviews, and um, and certainly uh, Faith Prince has uh, something to say about him um, because she was in Nick and Nora as well. So it's a very good book. Um, uh, here are the ladies, maybe the title. I don't have it with me at the moment, but well, this this uh, this is a sequel to the previous one. I guess it must be, yeah, because yeah. he did one for leading right. ladies and leading men. Yeah, right. And this yeah. is a third one. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. Um, and um, it's really very good so far. I I, I haven't gotten very far in it. Um, um, Barbara Cook, um, Tonya Pinkins, and Faith Prince is all I've read. But um, but I do recommend it highly on the basis of um, the questions he asks and um, the responses he gets. But um, anyway, yes, um, I, I she she certainly has a sentence that um, is not flattering to Arthur Lawrence. <laughs> All right, so uh, that is uh, Josie de Guzman, and uh, Michael's going to see it uh, tonight. So maybe we'll chat about it again next week. Um, but Michael, you got over to 54 Below to see the ongoing series from Scott Siegel. The 54 sings Broadway's greatest hits. And this one uh, is billed as William Michaels et al. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess she'll have to tell us who this et al guy is. <laughs> Happily, yes. Uh, and this was, I think, uh, I'm pretty sure that Scott said this was the 116th uh edition of 54 sings broadway's greatest hits uh and that's not the only series he does there uh at 54 so he's he's Mm -hmm. really keeping the flame going (laughs) uh always great to attend uh his musical director of late uh for this series 
uh, music director pianist has been Ron Abel, who's fantastic. Uh, so that's another reason to always go. Um, aside from the amazing talent that he has, William, um, I would say, was definitely the star of this edition he did three of his greatest hits um <laughs> some enchanted evening from south pacific which he sang on broadway as a um i think initially as a cover or uh understudy or alternate for uh emile de beck uh for palo shot and then eventually taking over the role um falcon in the dive uh from the scarlet pimpernel and uh, if i can't love her from Beauty and the Beast, that beautiful song um, mm-hmm. that is not in the original animated mm-hmm. film uh, and was written for the Broadway version. And William, again, in that he, at one point or another, he played both. Um, well, I mean, not both. <laughs> he played either <laughs> he either the, the Beast and, and or Gaston. Uh, so that shows his versatility there. Uh, but that song is so beautiful. And mm-hmm. Scott made the point that in the original animated film, which I think I think we all love. So this is not a criticism, but the beast sings almost not at all in, in the, in the original film. Uh, so they really had to beef up his role uh, for the, for the musical. And um, now has there, Oh yeah. You know, I never saw, um, I never saw the live action remake of the, of the musical. Um, did either of you see that? I did. No. Yeah. I yeah. Did. Yeah, um, I thought it was pretty good. A lot of people don't, but um, I like. Yeah, I, I I think I couldn't get past the fact that the leading lady can't sing at all, um, in my opinion, <laughs> uh, and so I couldn't kind of get past the opening number. But um, maybe I'll try oh, to so see. You started, so you started. Yeah, I oh, could. I yeah, I had uh-huh. to stop. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so William was the star, but there were s- several other really great people in this, including this woman who. Uh, Remember this name. It's not an easy name, but I think you're going to be hearing this name again unless she changes it. Uh, but people don't do that so much any uh, nowadays, do they? Um, because not only does she have a gorgeous voice, but she's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, beautiful blonde, uh, you know, and, and again, you know, I guess we, we, a lot of us still, um, treasure blondes, uh, you know, just because they're still, Obviously, uh, they're they're rarer <laughs> than other uh, you know other uh, kinds of uh, 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 people in terms of uh, their their hair color. And anyway, uh, well, you know, you know, the, I, I guess guess what I'm saying. Anyway, You're fawning. Um, fawning yeah well well when you see her look look her up um uh, uh, you What's know her, hope, name? her name is Senna Senna press song. And, uh, you already found it. How'd you do that? Because I didn't. Uh, I didn't oh, just you looked up the. Well, I I knew what you were getting at, and it's funny because her website features her in a red wig. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, unless that's her natural color, and she died. Well, I don't. I don't know. Any, uh, yeah. Anyway, she's absolutely <laughs> gorgeous, and she sang "I Don't Know How to Love Him" from Jesus Christ Superstar. And then she sang Wouldn't It Be Loverly uh, with an assist from Kendrick Jones, who uh, tapped, uh, did a tap break for Wouldn't It Be Loverly. Uh, So that was amazing. And then Kendrick came back later in the program and uh, nobody sang, uh, but he just danced just in time. 
speaking of which, <laughs> uh, from Bells Are Ringing. Uh, so that was amazing. We also had um, Leanne Marie Dobbs, who uh, sang two very different songs, The Winner Takes It All from <laughs> Mamma Mia and 50% mm-hmm. from Ballroom. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, two very young guys, uh, recent NYU graduates, uh, this fellow, Christopher Bryan, saying i'd rather be sailing from a new brain mm. and, and also if i didn't believe in you from the last five years uh, yeah. uh and both of those were fantastic and then this other very young fellow uh neil devlin uh sang with a voice far beyond his years uh far more mature than his years there but for you go i from brigadoon which i think is one of the most gorgeous romantic songs ever written for for the musical theater um and then jenny lee stern did uh two again two two very different numbers she did burn from hamilton and then she uh was in the cleanup spot because she did by herself all six roles in the cell block tango from chicago (laughs) and it was really (laughs) truly one of the best tour de forces i've ever seen she um delineated each character uh, uh, with, with a different voice sometimes with a different accent she made one of the murderers uh, southern i remember and uh completely completely different characters for each one and i could sense uh, not only was the audience uh completely with her but all of the other performers were just wrapped, um, you know, watching her and hearing her do this. Um, so she is a really great talent. She is yet another super talented Forbidden Broadway alum. And she was in the recent um, Forbidden Sondheim uh, re- uh, version of that, that amazing series. So if you don't know Jenny Lee Stern, uh, check her out when you when she's back because she's she's really amazing. And so anyway, um in sum, <laughs> needless to say, this was a really great evening and I was really glad to be there. Jenny Lee is probably like uh hey William Michaels, I know you can be Jekyll and Hyde, but I can do the <laughs> whole entire so block tango. <laughs> uh, I, I, it was uh, Beast and Gaston, not Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> but he was Jekyll and Hyde as well. <laughs> so, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah, did Jekyll yeah. and Hyde. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, you know, Scott Siegel hitting it out of the park, you yeah. know, just yep. doing great shows, show after show, 54 Below. We also talked briefly about, uh, before we started recording, that... Uh, he does shows up at Merkin Hall as well. So you should always keep in, uh, one ear to the ground for Scott Siegel uh, between uh, 54th and 68th Street because he's always got something good going on there, you know? Yes. <laughs> so um, in other news of this week, uh, we heard that Eisenhower is coming back with our good friend John Rubenstein. Yeah, I'm delighted. Yep. Uh, a, a tremendously potent evening, and uh, I'm so glad that uh, there's a public demand for it. Yeah, I mean, it had a uh, as it was, it was extended in its That's initial right. yeah. in, initial run at theater at St. Clement's. Sure. So I'm really thrilled that it's coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you know very very well received, and you know, a number of us on Broadway Radio spoke to John. I know Matt did, we did. Yes. I think uh, Lauren Clash Schneider also spoke to John. And so we've got all those interviews covered here. If you want to 
uh, go back and look in our archives and uh, and get a good sense of that uh, of the show. Plus, we reviewed it uh, on this week on Broadway as well. As well, uh, hey, did you guys know that it's Broadway Week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It is Broadway Week. And Broadway Week is two weeks or four weeks. How many weeks is Broadway? Yeah, week? none you of know. these. None of these weeks are weeks anymore. Weeks anymore. Rest, yeah, restaurant, restaurant Week is like three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this right. is why I'm so heavy because a Restaurant Week is three weeks. If it were just one week, I'd be fine. That's one third the calories. You know. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I mean, uh, participating in broad in Broadway Week. Um, the Lion King, Some Like It Hot, Book of Mormon, Sweeney Todd, Chicago, MJ. So the Hamilton, all the big ones, you know, are yeah. all doing it. Uh, you know, I, I think that this is this is a much more important Broadway week than in previous years because we are seriously at a, at a, uh, a, a recent low of the amount of uh the amount of performances that are playing on Broadway and number of houses are, are empty and pending right. new tenants and things like that. Uh, I'm told on that note that nothing is booked uh, for the foreseeable future, or I mean, ever, I mean, at the moment for 54, uh, uh, studio 54. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, the roundabout theater company's got, you know, some mm-hmm. some uh houses to fill there mm-hmm. but uh you know hopefully they have you know it, it's been a uh, i want to say i don't know any inside information here but from the outside it seems as though that they've had uh pretty solid bookings at, at 54 uh studio 54 yeah in the past, and hopefully yeah. they have uh planned for a rainy day and maybe it is a rainy day right now but uh, certainly there's lots of stuff being talked about coming to Broadway, but stuff that's actually coming to Broadway, who knows? We know that there's a reworked Beaches uh, musical that uh, had a reading with Jessica Vosk uh, that was, uh, you know, aiming for Broadway. So hopefully we keep on hearing that Secret Garden's going to come in. We keep hearing Chess is going to come in. As, and I forget uh, uh, um Outsiders is definite, isn't it? The Outsiders. Yeah. Outsiders yeah. is definite, yeah. Yeah. With uh is it Angelina Jolie producing? <laughs> Among oh. others, yeah. Among many others. <laughs> yeah. So uh hey, uh did you guys get to see this Rachel Bloom show at uh Lucy Lortel? Uh I did not. Rachel Bloom Death Let Me Do My Show. At the Lortel. So uh, this bit had a lot of uh, buzz recently. And Pearly Victorious is just in uh, when it's a previews, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. So I know and, one person who saw it and, and really liked it for whatever that's worth. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and as we had uh, last week was Labor Day here in the United States. Uh, we traditionally have a number of shows that will close. It's sort of the unofficial end of the summer uh, here in the U.S. So we had uh, Funny Girl close. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, there's a, a number of uh, theaters that are open. So, you know, when 
when one show closes, another show opens, or mm-hmm. something about doors. <laughs> something about doors happened there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we talked uh, about uh, all three of us have talked about how much we love Jennifer, Jennifer Samard. We love Jennifer Samard. I think so, yes. (laughs) And uh, we have the official announcement that uh, she's going to be doing Death Becomes Her in the tryout out of town. Which is a leading role. Yes. And um, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later in our our broadcast this morning, but uh, Waitress is going to be releasing their pro shot of their musical on broadway it's going to be released in the theaters oh uh so uh maybe that will be coming to one of our our theaters that's got a new sound system that we'll talk about in a little while can i guess that it would be with sarah Bareilles in the role well they've already shot it yeah sarah yeah. they they already shot it and sarah's in the role yeah uh so uh and it's a uh, fathom events uh is is going is releasing it wow um, i had the first i've heard of that that's great so uh rob johnson's adding that it uh in our chat room here it, it, he said yes it's the cast when they reopened at the barrymore so oh, yeah. yeah so um uh what else do we have to say here that's that that's interesting to our broadway fans oh well uh yeah. I, I can bring up now i went to see uh the paris theater has reopened after being closed for a while they uh apparently upgraded the sound system tremendously uh i didn't notice any other uh ch- changes in the actual theater or the or anything but um so and they've been showing uh lots of wonderful movies there and you know because they've just reopened uh and first of all um i'm really looking forward to uh maestro uh which is going to open exclusively there in new york on uh, i think exclusively there on november 22nd uh for a brief run this is the the movie about leonard bernstein uh directed by and starring uh, Bradley Cooper, uh, and that is it's a Netflix movie. Netflix now owns the Paris, and so that's their their sort of their home base. Um, so there will be a theatrical run at the Paris, um, I, I, either right before or on the same day that that the film is reduced is is released on Netflix. Uh, but so anyway, now they're showing all these wonderful old movies. Uh, there's a series c- called Big and Loud. <laughs> because they're trying to show off their new sound system. And I saw three movies on uh, three days in a row recently there. And one of them was Top Gun, the original. Mm. Uh, another one was Blade Runner, the original. Uh, but the third one was Tick, Tick, Boom, um, which uh, I, I really think, as as I said when it came out, I think it's almost a miracle how great how great that movie is especially mm-hmm. as the first directorial effort of the first film directorial effort of Lynn Manuel Miranda mm-hmm. and i would even say that if this was the only thing he had ever done <laughs> if he had never written hamilton or in the heights and done all the other stuff he's done uh, if only for this spectacular phenomenal job that he did in adapting that three character musical three three performer musical mm-hmm. um to the to a film uh uh i i would think he would 
deserve a, a place in the pantheon of uh, of Broadway and and movies. Um, so really, I can't I can't say enough about that. Uh, but all that was as a, as a preamble to uh, at the moment to say that why one of the trailers I saw before Tick Tick Boom was for Rustin R U S T I N, which is about to uh, open, and this is a movie about. Bayard Rustin, who first of all, I'm glad I saw this trailer because uh I I I never knew the correct pronunciation. I always thought it was Bayard, but no, it's Bayard Rustin, who was a, a really great um social activist, civil rights for black civil rights, as well as and I didn't know this. Uh, I'm ashamed that I didn't know it, gay rights. Um he he was uh openly gay and openly gay black man in the 60s and that that era mm. which was really 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 unusual mm. um so i'm looking forward to learning a lot about him by seeing this movie which is has a lot of theater cred it, as uh, it was directed by george c wolf and stars coleman domingo in the title role but the cast also includes audra mcdonald chris rock michael Potts and Jeffrey Wright. Um, so that's something I think you're really going to want to put on your radar if it isn't already. Hmm. Wow. So uh, those are great things that are going to be coming up and uh, hopefully uh, you get a chance to see it in your own local area. If you're not uh, in the New or York on City Netflix area. or on Netflix. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, did you hear uh, Paula Vogel's got a new mm. new play coming to Broadway, mm. Mother Play, mm. uh, and uh, quite the cast. Yeah, I'll say. Jessica Lange, Jim Parsons, Celia Keenan-Bolger, uh, just to name a few. Uh, yes, and Celia, um, uh, I think, is going to be on the boards at the same time as her brother, because her brother, Andrew Keenan-Bolger, is in Dracula, the aforementioned Dracula, yes. a comedy mm -hmm. of terrors. And that actually has a long uh, run schedule, I think, through uh, early January. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so that'll be nice that they'll be on the boards together a few blocks apart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Keenan-Bolger's taking over Midtown Manhattan. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, Peter, one of our, uh, one of our favorites, um, I just had it in front of me. I lost it. Where is it? Wayne Kirkpatrick, uh, has got a new musical, um, called, uh, Bluebird Cafe in the works. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to see some of the Kirkpatrick brothers, uh, back on broadway sometime soon <laughs> and bless you uh <laughs> yeah fine with me um uh, i've certainly left a paper trail uh, saying how much i admire um these people a couple of weeks ago we got a great review of swept away at berkeley rep from listener julia green and now uh, a, uh another production of swept away is uh going to be at arena stage and they've just announced their cast, and it's running from November 25th to December 30th. Uh, With John Arena. Gallagher, yes. Yeah. John Gallagher Jr. So if you uh, want to see this before it gets to Broadway, get down to Arena Stage and uh, get your tickets now, because this is going to be a hard ticket to get, I think. 
I think that that is all, you know, uh, going to be, if you want to see the thing before it gets to Broadway and then see it on Broadway and compare what, you know, how they changed it or be in the know, like the, uh, you know, we got to see Hamilton down at the public theater in the small space type of mm. thing, you know? So, um, and then we have, uh, you know, lots of other things going on here that we will keep you up to date on uh, today on Broadway and when, when Matt and Grace uh, run you through the day's events and the day's news and things like that. So, uh, what else do we want to talk about here? We have the Eisenhower thing. I covered that. All right, so let's wrap up for today. Before we get on to trivia and the musical moment, I want to remind everybody that you can subscribe to these broadcasts by going to the front page of BroadwayVideo.com. There's a subscribe link that we each and every time we have a new episode of This Week on Broadway, but we automatically downloaded to Apple Podcasts for you. Of course, you don't have to listen to us in Apple Podcasts. There's many ways to listen to us. Uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Broadway Radio is the place to support all of Broadway Radio shows, plus get us a little bit earlier than everybody else. Uh, Matt announced a bunch of changes to Patreon that are coming up, uh, including some new shows and different things that we're going to be doing over the next year. We're supposed to get over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio to support us there and get get in on the know. You can also listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Google Play or anywhere that you can listen to find a podcast, you'll find Broadway Radio's offerings. Contact information for Peter, for Michael, and for me, as well as links to some, some of the things that we've talked about today are in the show notes at broadwayradio.com as well. So, Peter, do you have an answer to last week's trivia? Yes, and I'm happy to reiterate, as you have, that uh, these trivia questions are now within show notes. Uh, Kathy Jones suggested it, and it's a great idea. So um, if you're on the run, uh, listening in a car, Get to the show notes. Last week's question. Granted, if this leading character in a Tony-winning musical was still working today, she'd be quite old. But if she was still in the same job, and if she sent out emails to her underlings in which she wrote in all capital letters, <laughs> what expression might the employees repeat, which they actually had sung during her first number in the show? Well, we're talking about Babe in the Pajama Game, when assuring her co-workers that when I fall in love, there'll be no doubt about it, because you will know from the way that I shout it, they respond with, you're shouting, which indeed is what capital letters convey in emails today. Tony Janicki was the first for the third consecutive week, but Paul Witte, after a too long absence, got back in the game and was only six minutes behind him. They were followed by Mike Meany, Arthur Robinson, J. Aubrey Jones, Brigadude, Josh Israel, and Sean Logan. This week's question, if you went to see SpongeBob SquarePants on Broadway and your seat was in the mezzanine, <laughs> while you were climbing up the staircase, what song might come to your mind? Hey, if you have an answer for that, email us at trivia at broadwayradio.com. We'll let you know if you're on the right track. So, Michael, what do we have in this week's musical moment? Well, I'm currently very high on Tick, Tick, Boom, having just recently seen the movie. Um, so our selections are from the soundtrack of that. Before I introduce that, I should say uh, also, if you don't know <laughs> the show and the score already uh also please check out the original off-broadway cast recording uh because that 
is when I first fell in love with the score. And uh, it's so beautifully performed there by Raul Esparza, Amy Spanger, and Jerry Dixon. Uh, but this is uh, our two selections are from the film soundtrack, which one of the uh, one of the um, attendant miracles of that movie is that, you know, who knew that Andrew Garfield, <laughs> uh, you know, Spider-Man, et cetera, uh, you know, could sing so well and would do such a phenomenal job of playing Jonathan Larson in in the film of Tick, Tick, Boom, to the point where he even uh, they even made him look quite a lot like him. I agree. Um, so uh, our opener is the song 3090, which is the opening song of the of the film and the show uh, in which Jonathan uh laments or, or or at least comments on the fact that he is turning 30 in 1990 uh and he's feels like he hasn't uh achieved anything or as much as he would have liked to at that age uh so that's the opening number which is uh a really great um uh, way to get into the show i think it, it really points out his dilemma and then the closer is the beautiful song called why uh that's w-h-y without an without a, a question mark um uh, because it's not a question it, uh jonathan larson gave it that title because this song explains why he does what he does why he writes uh for musical theater um, and why he loves it loves it loves it so much um and that's a beautiful performance um by andrew garfield what's interesting here is um the song has a bridge uh that was not used in the film uh, you can hear it on the original cast recording uh and i'm not sure why exactly they cut it from the movie I, there might have been technical problems or they just might have felt they needed to um you know you know to 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 edit a little bit um and and the odd thing there is i could swear that when the <laughs> when the movie came out that i heard um an audio recording of the song with the bridge but now i can't find it so maybe i'm just dreaming or maybe it's just not available anymore um so this uh recording is without the bridge uh and i do miss it but it's still just beautifully sung and acted by Andrew Garfield, uh, a really, really great, great performance. Um, so that's our closer, and please enjoy that song. I don't want to make anybody feel old, but, you know, we can refer to Tick, Tick, Boom as, you know, one of those musicals from the late 1900s. <laughs> well, in, in, in fact, it was, in fact, it was 2001, and as I've said many times, um, uh, I was looking forward to attending the release party for the CD because I already loved, had seen the show and loved it so much and was really, really looking forward to go to that. But the uh -huh. evening of that release party was September 11th, 2001. So it did not happen. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, talk to the folks over at Urinetown how that affected them. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, we, we still need to get a... A great blowout production of Town back on Broadway. Mm -hmm. Can't mm -hmm. wait for that. Yeah. All right. So on behalf of Peter Felicia and Michael Portantier, this is James Marino saying thanks so much for listening to Broadway Radio's This Week on Broadway. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm gonna spend my time this way. 
I was sixteen, Michael and I got parts in Westside at White Plains High. Three o'clock went to rehearse in the gym. Mike played Doc, who did not sing. Fine with him. We sang, got a rocket in your pocket, and the Jets are gonna have their day tonight. Over and over and over till we got it right. When we emerged, wiped out by that play, nine o'clock stars and moonlit the. I thought, hey, what a way to spend a day. Hey, what a way to spend a day. I made a vow. I wonder now, am I cut out to spend my time this way? I'm twenty. Michael and I live on the west side of Soho, NY. Nine a.m. I write a lyric or two. Mike sings his song now on Mad Avenue. I sing. Come to your senses. Defenses are not the way to go. Time this way.